you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. Buck, how you doing, man? Man, it's good. Good. I mean, we, we keep talking about ball being great. Like, we had a great football weekend. We had a pretty solid Monday night game. Uh, so everything is good. It was solid. Uh, solid. Solid. Was I didn't say solid. great. It was solid. It was solid. not. It was not great. Uh, no what is going to be great is our buddy uh, Jim Nagy, who runs the uh, Reese's Senior Bowl and is a longtime NFL scout and good friend of ours. He's going to join us, talk about uh, what he's seen in the NFL, as well as uh, preview a little bit of uh, who could be coming to Mobile for the premier all-star game in the land. So we're going to talk to Nags a little bit later on in the show. But I, you can't say that was good football last night. It was not good football. I mean, I said it was good. I said it was solid. It was good. They literally was a fourth and – that was trying to go down and win the game, and they found themselves in a fourth and 28. That's, that's, where, <laughs> that's where we were at last night. By the way, did you watch the did you watch the regular broadcast or the Manning cast? I watched the regular broadcast. I saw all the comments about people talking about. Why the are Manning you not cast. watching the Manning cast? What am I, I don't missing? know. I was being lazy. I was doing a bunch of um, training videos and all kinds of other stuff. I had to do. It was kind school, of in the background so kind of, for you. It was in the background noise and yeah. all that other stuff. But I heard the Manning thing was good. I heard Marshawn might have slipped up a little bit. But. I see. I didn't see the beginning, so I missed the Marshawn yeah. part. 
which is probably a good thing because of some of the, some of the language wouldn't have, wouldn't have been uh, a hit in my household. But I, I uh, <laughs> yeah. but I did see uh, Brady was on there and I saw Breeze. It's just a fun. It's it's what we do on Thursday nights. It's what we did last year. It's what we're doing this year yeah. on, on Amazon and on Twitch, which just kind of hanging out watching the game. I think we probably stick to the play by play maybe a little bit more than they do. They can get lost in stories and all that. But and when you got a crappy game, I'm all for it. I'd rather hear Drew Brees and. Eli and Peyton telling stories than than watching dirt balls and airmails. You know, like I'm I'm good on that. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, it, look, it's a it's a lot, it's a lot to deal with <laughs> when you you're watching the guys that were playing. But I mean, did you think of did you think of the Browns though watching that game last night? You know, we've talked a lot about Baker and how much do you do you pay him and and then you kind of look and see, whoa, this is what it could look like. Like you better have. I, I'm still of the belief that you don't go top, top shelf, top dollar for Baker, but you better mm-hmm. have the answer on campus when you decide to do that or give yourself a couple years to find the answer, um, you know, mm. by dragging this thing out with franchise tags. But you don't want to just say Baker's leaving the building and, and we're starting a Geno Smith type quarterback and we can't get it. You know, we can't move the football. That's a problem. Yeah. No, no, no. You, I mean, you have to weigh your pros and cons. And I think the big thing, though, you can't control the other side right you can't have a reasonable discussion with the agent like come on man look here's where you guys <laughs> here's where you guys in compared in comparison to the others i would say that maybe he ranks uh middle of the pack top 15 so we will give him middle of the pack money oh no look at all the wins and all that other stuff yeah. and then your side is the agent is also looking around and like, hey you want to play with gino you yeah. want to play with this who do you want to yeah. play with and so it just makes it it makes it difficult and challenging. So I can't wait to see what that deal looks like whenever it is done and whenever they do start talking. Cause I do wonder what those initial numbers come in at. What is the annual per year? And what is the total package that the Browns offer up compared to what we're thinking, what Baker may think is it's going to be in the 40 million plus club. Um, Ooh, that's a lot. Though. The, uh, the other thing I was thinking, I was just thinking it from Russell Wilson's standpoint, cause we've been hinting at the fact of man, you know, maybe, Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell would try and get his way out of there. It was a storyline last off season, but I wonder if Russ steps back and looks at this. And if you're, you know, kind of thinking of the history of the game and think of some of these elite teams, like even just think of the talent on the Browns that, mm-hmm. you know, backup quarterback goes in there. Not a problem. Like they got enough dudes. Um, they're fine. I go back again to my kind of growing up as, you know, as a cowboy fan in the nineties, it's like Jason Garrett's got to play a couple games. Wade Wilson's got to play. It don't matter that we're fine. Like that, this thing is a Cadillac. Um, you saw it with the Patriots, even when Tom Brady missed that season, what Matt, what castle mm-hmm. go like nine and nine and uh, they were, 11 and, like were, were they 11 and five. Yeah. They, they were 11 and five. Records. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm sitting here going like, man, we can't get a first down without me out there. Uh, is <laughs> is this roster is this roster really good enough for me to go get another championship? Like, am I is is it that type of a roster, mm. or do I try and you know squeaky wheel gets the grease to quote Bucky Brooks, uh, yeah. try and get my way out of here? Man, it's like yeah. So you're saying maybe the leverage is flipped all over again. Where we were saying like Seattle be like, yeah, we getting a little bored with you, Russ. You little lot, lot high maintenance, this and that, and then they're like, ah, maybe. <laughs> hey, maybe got no first. To... They got first, no first round pick. They have no first round. Yeah, pick maybe we year. need to pony. Maybe we need to pony up and make sure Russell's happy because Russell hides a lot of the issues um, that the team has. It's an interesting discussion because it now see because it's one thing, DJ, when we have those discussions in the off season mm-hmm. because we're anticipating 
next year's draft class being loaded, right? Yeah. Ah, we'll just get a young guy. We'll move on. But now that we have seen what potentially could be in the the, the and the they fight, don't even have a first round pick anyway, right? And so now you become it becomes different because now we're beginning to put players in those slots where the picks could be, and you're like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. It, it changes. It changes the situation. It changes the conversation. And the leverage now goes back to Russell because Russell has shown you what they look like with him. And the others have shown what it looks like without him. I think I think it also shows you that um, some teams are QB driven and others aren't. So mm-hmm. if you're a QB driven team, you lose your QB major impact. I don't necessarily the Browns are super QB driven, you know, and so that's that's a little bit of the of, of the difference there. But, you know, you're paying Russell Wilson a ton of money. And maybe you can say that's one of the reasons why some atrophy on the rest of the roster. You can make that case. I think it more so probably just missed on some players in the draft than anything oh, else. I would say missed on a lot of players. I yeah. mean, you go back and you look at the drafts. That has been the big thing that has kind of undone the Seattle Seahawks. The success that they had in, was it 2012, 2011, 2012, when they were able to really um, not only get the guys in later rounds, but the, they were able to have that hit rate on undrafted free agents and those things. Yeah, well, that's long gone. And the hit rate has not been as high for them with their top picks. And they haven't been able to uncover those hidden gems that have been the, the, the pillars of the team during their heyday. And what happens is it's a slow erosion from inside out with the team. And then you're forced to go and make a move like you had to make for Jamal Adams. You having to go and get a Dwayne Brown because the, the natural way, the homegrown way, is not necessarily uh, giving you what you needed in terms of those players developing and becoming big-time players. I have no doubt. Any other takeaways from the game last night? Uh, the Seattle Seahawks can't run the football. And so for a team that fancies himself as like a rough and rugged physical team, uh, Pete Carroll has not been able to get this team jump-started. I thought Shane Waldron would come over and actually give them a little different take on the run game, uh, more zone-heavy, more like the L.A. Rams and that stuff. And the plays are the same, but the production is not there. And listening to Demario Davis talk after the game, and he says, oh, we, we knew we had to come down there and cram the run. We had to stop the run and put it on the backs of Geno Smith in the passing game, and we didn't feel like they could get it done. And teams are stopping the run. And I like their receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but I don't think they are the artists that some of the guys are. Like when we look at the Rams receivers – the Rams receivers are get open specialists because I think there's artistry to their game. I think DK, Met, DK Metcalf is a freak of nature, which enables him to just kind of run past people or overpower people on the perimeter. Tyler Lockett is a nice compliment, complimentary piece in the passing game. I don't know if either one of those guys has the skills to separate. And so when this becomes a drop back game where it is all predicated on the quarterback and the timing of the playmakers on the outside, I don't know if they're good enough to get it done playing that way. Well, they got to get. They got the Jags coming up, and the Jags are coming off of a bye. That's right. So it's it's no no Russell Wilson for one more week. The Jags coming off a bye. If the Jags get the Seahawks in that one, they are in trouble, man. They are already in trouble. But that that would make them what two and six. Um, and and it's such that, an it's such wrap. an uphill climb in their. They're division. five games back in the division already. I mean, it's such an uphill climb because the Rams and the Cardinals are they're already yeah. up there. And so now, DJ, what you're looking around is because it's very top-heavy in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe six teams, five, four, two, five, and two, or better. Yeah. 
makes it hard because now what you're doing is in the locker room, you're trying to, I mean, you're selling hopes and dreams. All right, guys, we just get on a run. We can still backdoor into the playoffs. But if you're four games out of the wild card, yeah, that's a hard sell. It's a hard sell. It's, it's not a believable sell when you stand in front of the room and you kind of talk about that stuff. All right, that's enough about what I thought was kind of a clunker of a game. Um, all right, we're going to get to our buddy Jim Nagy is the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, uh, longtime NFL scout. We're going to get to him right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair? Or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot. And now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. 
And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Jim, appreciate you taking the time for us today, man. I guess first question, we'll get to all the Senior Bowl stuff and everything you've got going on, but I'm just curious, you know, as a, as a, as a scout, what you've seen in the uh, in the first part of the NFL season here, what stood out to you? Yeah, DJ, I'd just say the unpredictability of the league right now. Um, if you would ask me to predict, you know, finishes and stuff before the season, I would have been dead wrong. <laughs> um, you know, what Arizona's doing, being undefeated, I wouldn't I wouldn't have saw that coming. Just really that whole NFC West, kind of that how, division, how that division's shaking out with, Seattle and the 49ers not looking, you know, looking like themselves. Um, and then you go towards East Coast. I mean, I think Cincinnati's a great story. Um, cool to see Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow kind of putting that thing together in Cincy. And, you know, they've had some good wins. They've had some really quality wins. So that that team's for real. So I would just say the uh, kind of the unpredictability of, of where teams are at right now. You know, Jim, having been in this league a long time and having worked for a bunch of different teams, what are some of the trends that you're seeing that kind of stand out to you? Uh, you know, I would say I, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we went on, but just I think the teams that are, are staying current and staying fresh with concepts and use, using their players. Um, mm-hmm. I think Tennessee is a great example. I mean, for three years now, everyone knows Tennessee is going to feed Derrick Henry the football. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's no secret what they do um, and they're finding ways to, to, to be effective and using their players. And, you know, with Cincinnati, some of the young players, you know, it used to be back in the day. You guys know this. You draft players with teams you worked for. Um, I remember in Kansas City, we drafted Rodney Hudson. He was the first four-time All-ACC player in the history of the conference, and we gave him a redshirt year. You know, like <laughs> there was nobody more ready to play than Rodney Hudson, um, and he sat for a year. So I think I think you look across the league, Jamar Chase is a great example. You look at some of these quarterbacks. I mean, they're getting him on the field, and some of these young guys are really playing. Well, I'm curious. I want to get your thoughts on Mac because, you know, Mac Jones, you had him at the Senior Bowl last year, had a really solid week down there. You know him. He trained down there in Mobile. Um, I, I'm curious, how much would you attribute uh, the success that he's had thus far, clearly been the best rookie quarterback, to to Mac himself versus a situation you're very familiar with there, having spent all that time in New England? Yeah, I think Mac deserves most of the credit, but we all talk about fit mattering, and it does. It matters. You know, him going to New England, that's a great spot for him. Um, what they've done with Tom up there, again, you don't want to make those parallels to Tom, but, I mean, really, a lot of those strengths are, are similar. They align. We, You know, all last spring, the three of us, I know you guys heard you yeah. guys talking about it. I mean, you know, very cerebral, gets the ball out quick, accurate. I mean, all those things. That the, the thing is, I haven't seen a young quarterback play in the league that looks that comfortable in a long, long time. I mean, you can point to some of these other guys that, you know, have better tools and, you know, make more wild plays and whatnot. But just in terms of, I'm just talking about comfort level. Mac looks so comfortable out there. Some of the stuff he's doing under duress for a young guy, getting through progressions. I mean, he's got, I've heard people take knocks at him that he's, you know, checking down a bunch and they're not stretching the field. And he's not taking deep shots. But to me, to get to some of those outlet receivers, like you don't see a lot of young guys do that. Those are sacks. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that that was a great fit for Mac, and, and we're seeing. I get. I think the record too. They're three and four. I think he's played better football than that. Um, you know, they've lost. They've lost some close games to some good teams like Dallas. 
um, I think as we see the year go out, um, they're going to they're going to win some football games down the stretch here. You know, and, and, and thinking about that, because the league is fascinated with the young quarterback, right? Everyone is trying to figure out how they can have the instant fix at quarterback. And we're seeing a lot of these young guys struggle. So when you're evaluating quarterbacks for your game, what are you looking for in quarterbacks? I'm looking for what the league wants. Um, no, I mean, you, you're trying to stay. We talk about trends. DJ asked about trends. Um, we're looking for guys the league wants. So that's athletes, that guys, that's guys that can come in and play and be ready. You know, like there, there is no, there's no timetable. You guys, we, we used to draft yeah. guys and you, you'd sit them for a couple of years. Um, they're all getting on the field. So they got to be ready to play. Um, so we're looking for guys that have, have been experienced. I mean, right now in this year's class, look at Kenny Pickett. Um, mm-hmm. he's done a great job this year and, and, and really elevated himself. He's going to be ready to play next year. Um, you know, like he's a guy that I know, I mean, there might be some other guys with, with higher and upside that can be debated right now, but Kenny Pickett can get on the field and play next year. So, uh, you know, I think, I think that's the biggest thing, Buck is just getting guys that have played some football and they're, they're going to be ready to go. They're going to come down here and they can, they can handle this week too. I mean, you guys have been down here. It's mm-hmm. a stressful week. There's a lot thrown at these guys, so they got to handle this week first. And to me, if they can handle this week, that's a that's a great sign of these NFL teams. That's why you see guys like Justin Herbert, and Mac Jones, and Daniel Jones. They handled this week well, um, and they parlayed that right in the NFL. And those teams probably felt good about getting them on the field early. I know, Jim. We always talk forever in scouting about guys. You know, it used to be that old Parcells thing—the number of starts that you wanted to have. I, I'm almost. You, you look at the situations, Max, a great example, why he didn't, you know, he wasn't a four-year starter at Alabama. He was in the program, though, for a long period of time. So you got somebody that might not have on-the-field game day experience, but he's practicing against the best defense in the country every single day for several years. And he arrives in the NFL just more mature, having more not only, you know, life experience to go along with with football experience. And it just feels like the Burroughs, again, another one who's just was in college for a long time, these guys, it's it's a leg up. It's an advantage for them versus so many of these. We see these redshirt sophomores and, and young guys coming into the league. Um, outside of Kyler Murray, most of those guys have struggled a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's a great point about the practice reps um, and the defenses they're going up against. That's where I think some of the major program guys have an advantage. That's where Desmond Ritter in this class. You got to look at mm-hmm. that defense in Cincinnati. He's going up against good people. I mean, they've got a lot of NFL guys on that defense. There's, I mean, this them being number two right now isn't a fluke. Um, there's going to be a lot of guys up this Cincinnati Bearcat defense um, play at the next level. So that's big. And, you know, that's a great scouting point you make too, DJ. You guys know that. I mean, you want to look at some of those matchups. I remember, I mean, going way, way back now, but like when Jake Long and Lamar Lou Woodley were together at Michigan or, mm-hmm. you know, um, God, who was the left tackle at Virginia when he was going against Chris Long? I'm trying to – who went to yeah, the Jets? I, I know, Sean I know, Ferguson. I, yeah. So that's, you know, that's a scouting trick. You guys know that. You go into the school and you want to see that practice tape of one-on-ones. Um, so, yeah, practice is huge. I mean, that's why going up to Alabama is a huge thing every year. Some of those practice that, that's so competitive up there, you'll get takeaways from a practice in Tuscaloosa that really help you give conviction as you go through the process, even more so than what you're seeing on the tape. Sometimes those practice views are really, really valuable. You know, in, in thinking about um, what you're talking about, the young guys and the guys you guys have been able to identify, when we talk about quarterbacks being a primary position, it's always edge rushers. And you guys have had outstanding speed rushers and edge rushers in the game. Once again, leaning on your scouting experience, what are some of the core traits that you're looking for with those pass rushers that come to your game? Well, you guys know, if in order to transition, usually guys in college, they can win with one thing, right? They have speed or they have power. 
Um, it's trying to find guys that have more than just the fastball, more than, you know, they, they can change it up a little bit on you. So that's that's key to me, whether they have the counter coordination or they just have really good feel as a rusher. Um, but they got to bring something else to the table. If you if you see a guy that wins with just speed or, or bringing it way back again, like a Vernon Golston who just, you know, won with his bull rush. I mean, that's not going to work at the next level. So really trying to find those guys that that have multiple things and can win win in multiple ways. You know, I was thinking about it here, Jim, as we uh, kind of march towards your game. Um, do you could you fill out a whole game just going to Athens? I mean, can you just bring Georgia, just bring the, bring at least the defensive set, just bring the whole defense to, to Mobile? Yeah, we yeah we. I was at the South Carolina game earlier this year, Man. guys, and they are so much fun to watch. And I've made this point to a lot of people here locally, you know, comparing this Georgia defense to the, some of the Alabama defenses in the past. And I think if you went back to like that 17, 18 Alabama defense with, you know, Rashawn Evans and, and Minka Fitzpatrick and some of these high first round picks, this Georgia team might not stack up like first round pick to first round pick. Um, but where they're different is just the team speed and mm-hmm. just the ferocity that they play with. Um, I'll share you this quick story from my trip to Athens. Um, I talked to Will Muschamp before the game, you know, Will's coaching special teams for him now. And it was funny the way he, the way he told the story that just his tone of voice was more as an outsider's perspective. Um, and he said, Jim, if you saw our team run periods after Tuesday's practice, he's like, we could charge, we could charge admission to that. He, he, he called, he called it a bloodletting. He called it a bloodletting. He's like, all these guys are so fast and they're so competitive. He's like, it is so much fun to watch. And he basically was talking about what Kirby has built there. You're mm-hmm. seeing all these all these recruiting classes, five-star after five-star on top of each other, and then the competitive stuff. So, again, like when I went to that game, they keep the two safeties in. Those two guys are locked in. Then they rotate the other nine guys. Even the corners come out. Mm-hmm. So when they get on the field, it's almost like a coach's dream, right? Like you get those guys on the field, and they just play with their hair on fire, and then they're out. They're in for three or four plays, and they're out. <laughs> So um, it, it is just it is so much fun to watch. Again, I don't know how many first rounders they're going to have. They're going to have a few um, for sure. But that is as fun a defense to watch as there's been in the last 10 or 15 years of college football. You know, it, it's funny because we're so used to thinking about the best players coming out of the SEC because that's where we put the best scouts. Typically, that's what we have seen. Give me a, a, a team that is loaded with prospects that is not in the SEC. I would probably go back to that Cincinnati team, guys. I really would. I mean, Desmond mm-hmm. Ritter's getting a lot of the hype, and he should. I mean, Desmond's going to be one of the top quarterbacks. I think this year's quarterback class is going to be very similar to last year in that, you know, that top five went there in the in the top 15. But you guys talk to guys all around the league, as I do. I mean, if you talk to 10 teams, they would have all had a different order on those guys oh, yeah. last year. And I, I think this year's class is going to be similar, um, you know, with, with Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. Um, I think Kenny's played his way into that conversation. There's a couple of juniors that I, I don't want to talk about that will probably enter <laughs> that mix as well. Um, but, but yeah, so that's, that, you know, that's, that's really going to be a fun position group to kind of watch them work it out. But Cincinnati's defense with my Jay Sanders, um, Kobe Bryant, they got sauce Gardner, another junior corner. Again, he, he you know, he's, he's probably going to come out just talking to the guys in the building there. Darian Beavers brought, you know, Brian cook, the safeties played really, really well this year. Um, so I would go for for a, a, a quote unquote group of five school. I mean, you're going to see five, six, seven, eight, nine guys drafted off that team. Maybe right, I'm asking you about a guy that's not draft eligible because we can make the rules. Um, but just being in being in Alabama, I'm, I'm just curious. It's it's a year we're a year away. Um, but what, what's your take on Bryce Young? What you've seen from him uh, just watching Alabama play? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll take it back to last summer when I was out in your neck of the woods in Santa Monica for uh, Steve Clarkson's QB retreat and got to spend some time with Bryce. First of all, man, like his parents did an unbelievable job raising that mm-hmm. kid. He is so grounded. Um, and you watch him throw. I mean, the ball really the ball really comes out. Um, mm-hmm. And you saw that last year when you were evaluating Mac and, and Bryce would get in late in games. I mean, there was a difference in arm strength between yeah. Mac and, and Bryce. Um, and that's the crazy thing. You get up on him. He's not a very big person. Um, I, I was at the game in Tuscaloosa on, on Saturday against Tennessee, and what I really liked to see was Bryce running a little more and using that athleticism. And I don't know if that's been dialed back by the coaching staff. I don't know if that's like self-preservation mode by Bryce himself, um, that he doesn't want to expose himself running the football. Um, for a young guy, he does a great job of maintaining his focus down the field. That's what I like. But him him just using his legs this week and, and pulling the ball down, he's, he's just pretty he's a pretty unique talent for for a smaller quarterback like the live arm like there's some really uniqueness to him he is a very unique quarterback I don't know even going into high school I don't know if he ever really utilized his legs a lot he's always kind of fancied himself as a passer and so it'll be interesting to see if he does utilize that part of it is there anybody else that we could be missing at quarterback because you talked about we asked you about Bryce you mentioned Desmond Ritter who is somebody else that out of the blue could kind of tickle our fancy as a top quarterback. Uh, you know, Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky is a really interesting guy coming over from Houston Baptist with his coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just one of the guys. He reminds me a little bit of like when Gardner Minshew started to enter the mix his senior year, you know, started getting calls from some, some buddies out West, like, Hey, you better check out this guy at Washington state. And we all remember Gardner's background with, you know, him being at ECU yeah. and being at Troy and being at community college. Um, you know, Bailey's, you know, is a, is kind of a similar path in terms of him, like a one-year guy at the FBS level. Um, you watch the Michigan State game, you watch the Indiana game, you know, like his, his high-profile games, right, playing up against Big Ten teams, and he played really good football in those games. Um, but really, at the quarterback's fight, we, we can't talk enough about Kenny Pickett because of where he started the fall. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know if he, you know, we've seen Joe Burrow jump, we've seen Mac Jones jump. Um, and I'll take this back to last year. You know, we invited Kenny Pickett last year to the senior bowl. Um, mm-hmm. he didn't officially accept his invite, but I got a call from Kenny. He wanted to talk through Jim, where do you see me at? You know, where, where do you see me at? Where, do, where are you hearing from your friends in the league where I'm at? And it was really fourth or fifth round. I was really open with, with Kenny. Like I never BS these players. Um, I told him right now, if he came out, you're probably a four or five. I said, most teams see you as a really good backup, you know, mm-hmm. a guy that could come in and hold the fort down. You know, I told him he reminded me of Kirk Cousins coming out a year ago. And I'll I'll raise my hand on that when I was wrong on Kirk Cousins. Like he is far exceeded. I thought he I thought Kirk would be a really good backup player in mm-hmm. the league. And he's obviously been way more than that. So I was wrong on Kirk. Um, but so to see Kenny come back and really put it all together. And I just watched him again the other day. The arm strength is better. He's throwing the ball with more zip. He's not forcing the ball. He's cut down on turnovers. Um, he even looks, you know, even athletically. I don't know if he lost weight in the offseason, but he's, he's getting out of trouble more, um, just putting a lot of good things on tape. So, that, you know, it's going to be a really interesting pre-draft process um, with this quarterback group and to see how it all shakes out. What is the uh, last question for me on the prospects? Not not specifics on players, uh, Jim, but just strength-wise, thus far, senior bowl-wise, where is the position where the board is just stacked? Tight end. Tight end is loaded. Oh, guys. interesting, um, yeah. It's a really good class to the point where I think we're probably going to under-invite at wide receiver um, mm-hmm. and maybe over-invite at tight end a little bit. You that's know, never happened that. before. Ever. Never. Uh, yeah, that's never happened. And you guys know Ed, the league's looking for tight ends right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to say it, but you guys know this. Wide receiver is a dime a dozen position. There's no a doubt. million of them. I yeah. mean, every school in the country's got two or three guys that are catching 60 balls now. Um, so you can find those guys later in the draft. Everyone wants big 
big tight ends and like dual tight ends. And there's a bunch of those guys in this year's draft. So that's a really heavy spot. We're usually stretching to get to like six guys we feel good about coming down to be. Usually draftable. it's like some hybrids, dude. Normally you got to get some hybrid fullback, H-back type guys in there just to fill it yeah. out. Kylan Granson, Trayvon Wesco, Josiah Deguara. I mean, all yeah. those guys went third, fourth round. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this year we'll be it. We could we could probably invite 12 tight ends um, that we feel good about. In a normal wow. year, we're probably stretching to get to six. Wow. Man, it makes me feel good about my little number eight jersey down there in Senior Bowl lore in history. That I was one of the, one of the last of the, the wide receivers that could go down there and be a big group. Now we only have two wide receivers and eight tight ends out there running around like like Cal Pitts, We're lined up wide at X. I mean, yes, yeah, just just shrinking them off the field, just moving them off the field, Jim. Well, that's awesome. No, and hey. we we've been lucky, guys. I mean, the last couple of years, you look at the game and with the Chase Claypools and and. Debo Samuels and Brandon Ayuk and Van Jefferson. I mean, there's there's been some really good Cooper Cup really good did wide okay too. Class. Going back to that one. Yeah, this class is just a little thinner at the wide receiver spot. Yeah, well, Nags, it's great to catch up, bud. I'm uh, I'm kind of in the early portion of my of my process here. I've done some some Alabama defense. I've done some Georgia defense. It was a pretty good place for me to start as I was uh, as cranking up and and actually a good group of of tackles that I've been able to kind of get through the top four or five guys. Uh, including the kid from Northern Iowa, Penning is a good player. So there's a, uh, it's a good group, man. I love catching up with you during this time of year, and we're gonna we're gonna keep doing this as we march towards the Senior Bowl, uh, man. I did you have you had a Reese's yet today though? Can I can I finish you up with that? Have we 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 breakfast brunch? What time do you have your first Reese's every day? I went Kit Kat at about nine a.m. Okay, nice. Also a Hershey product. So there you go. Yeah, it's all our family. Yeah, they get us. They get us a couple four hundred pound pallets a year. Twice, twice a year, we get a four hundred pound pallet. So that second one's coming soon. Um, it's going to hey, be on, on that point. I mean, there's got to be some pressure on the Reese's Senior Bowl come Halloween. You guys got to do something, man. I mean, you're literally sponsored by Hershey Company here, and it's Halloween. Like, what what do we have going on with the Senior Bowl for uh, for Halloween? Well, I will say this: the kids in my neighborhood know which house to come to because <laughs> they get the full size Reese's cups. They get oh, the full nice. pack Twizzlers. Nice. Um, so yeah, maybe we, we're we're the house to hit once a year. I think the kids all know that by now. All right, there you heard that. Everybody in Alabama, make your way <laughs> over to the Nagy household. Get yourself some good full size candy. Uh, Jim, you're the best, bud. Good to see you, man. Yeah, great to see you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Bucks. Great to catch up with Jim. Uh, great as always. He's just uh, he's a great dude. Does a great job with the Senior Bowl. They've uh, man, you look at all the guys they've been churning out, especially at the quarterback position, just identifying mm-hmm. the right guys. And I think we've seen time and time again uh, players go into the Reese's Senior Bowl week with their stock at a certain level and then using that week to really elevate themselves all the way up. Yeah, I mean, it has always been kind of one of the benefits of playing in the Senior Bowl is the opportunity to elevate uh, your draft stock because you get a chance to play against the best of the best. You get a chance to play in an NFL system coached by NFL coaches Everyone is there, and it's a big stage. And we have seen the guys who shine the brightest on that stage tend to have immediate success in the National Football League. Going back to when we used to see Aaron Donald, and you're like, man, is this guy going to be able to dominate? But then he dominated everybody throughout the week and continued to be a dominant player. And, I mean, there are a million tales where we've seen those kinds of players. So it's it's a great opportunity to show and prove to scouts in the football world that you are ready to be a guy that can have immediate success at the next level. No doubt. Um, all right, there's one other topic I want to get to before we wrap things up today. It's it's baseball-related. We always like to bounce around and talk mm-hmm. about team building and different sports. So I, I've got a baseball thought I want to hit you on, and we're going to do that right after this. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not like that, CJ. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Buck. So I'm listening to uh, Tim Kawakami's podcast, and he has Farhan Zaidi, who is the president of the San Francisco Giants, who's one of the most respected guys in baseball, had been under Andrew Freeman with the Dodgers, leaves the Dodgers after they've had all that success, goes to the Giants, and they've quickly turned things around uh, and led the major leagues in, in wins this year, even though they were were outed by the uh, uh, by the Dodgers in the postseason, ousted by the Dodgers, I should say. So um fascinated by him and the analytic approach that he takes. And there were two things he said on this podcast that stood out to me. So I want to get your thoughts on him individually. The first one was, so when he was interviewing with the giants, um, he said he, he like interrupted the owner when he was interviewing him and said, look, just so you know, don't ask for a three-year plan, a five-year plan or a 10-year plan. I don't really believe in that. Uh, our plan is 
we're going to be better this year than we were last year. And then the plan is to get better the next year, like taking each individual season one at a time and just focusing on being a little bit better the next year. And he said, eventually we'll get to the point where we, we can have sustained success once we get to that level. But the focus in, 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 in our direction is always going to be in one year increments. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, no, I, I think it is fascinating, but I think it's the best way to do it. One of the best coaches that I ever played for was Marty Schottenheimer. And Marty Schottenheimer coined the one and O mentality, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to focus on this week. This is the only thing that is important for us. We can put all our efforts into making sure that we maximize who we are this week. And at the end of the week, we want to make sure that we walk away with a W. And when next week comes, we'll go right back to having a one and O mentality. I think what he is suggesting is let's focus on this season because sometimes we can get too far in the weeds thinking about the possibilities of the future. And rather than how can I make this team great for the month of April and May and June? And then as we get down the stretch, what moves can we make in June, July and August to put us in a situation where it really means stuff in September when it counts? You think about the Atlanta Braves. And we've talked about this privately. The Atlanta Braves basically flipped their team in the middle of the season to go from a sub-500 team to a team that is now in the World Series. DJ, if you have handcuffed yourself to the notion of, well, in two or three years, we'll we'll be good. So we need to just kind of – we just need to just kind of ride this out. You're unable or unwilling to make those moves. But if you are a team that is – Nope. One of the best team for this year. And when next year comes, we'll deal with next year. You have that freedom and flexibility because your mindset, you're not so locked into this long-term thinking that can prevent you from missing out on great opportunities when it comes to building your roster. It's really interesting, man. The, the, the other thing that he said in there, which kind of ties in with this is he said, uh, he was asked about the fact they only have one of their pitchers that's, under contract, one of their starting pitchers for next year. So they have four open spots in their rotation. He didn't even seem mm-hmm. worried about it. He's like, we've proven that we can get the most uh, out of the performance of our pitchers and done it with their hitters as well. Um, but we've seen guys come in on one-year deals and play really well and then launch themselves into other contracts. And so basically the thought process is we're going to find guys that are coming off of an injury or that are coming off of a down year, but they're talented. So we identify right. the talent. We believe in our development and our ability to get you to perform at a peak level. So it, I put it in my own words here, basically was we're going to pay our own guys as they come up through our system because we have all the knowledge of them from a health mentality, mm-hmm. work ethic. We know everything about them. We're comfortable. We'll give those guys. We'll pay those guys. So we'll, we'll, we'll pay them. We'll buy our own players. We're, we'll rent free agents. We're, we're not going to bring in free agents on these six and seven yes. and 10 and 12 year contracts. Free agents come in. We'll, we'll identify talented individuals. We can get them on a one year deal. They come in, they play well, they're motivated, helps them, helps us. And then we'll, we can cycle through some of those guys. They, they don't mind doing that. I thought it was fascinating, man. Well, I think that is fascinating. And I think it's a, it's a unique approach. We see it in basketball all the time, right? Yeah. We'll see teams take the veteran exemption and kind of build the back part of their roster with these guys on one-year prove-it deals or one-year deals to fit in while they're chasing rings and mm-hmm. those things. Um, we've seen some teams in football a little bit with the one-year deal kind of putting it together. Like you can do it in Tampa a little bit because now you have Tom Brady and everyone is chasing a ring with him. So you get Antonio Brown and Indomitian Sue and some of these other guys 
to kind of roll the dice at the end of their careers because they're chasing a championship. But what the Giants are suggesting is at a critical position, right? Pitcher mm-hmm. is the way that you have to win the World Series. They're saying that we want guys on one-year notes that are either highly motivated or very undervalued. Mm-hmm. And their value is depreciated either coming off an injury or coming off a down year. But their skill set suggests that they should be able to bounce out, kind of bounce back from that situation. To me, when you do that, scouting staff has to be good in terms of being able to know, like, at his best, this player is this. Mm-hmm. At his worst, this is where he is. And then the people who handle the money and the cap, they have to be able to slot, well, what does that value approximate to? What is the right value? What are we willing to pay for what we call maybe an educated guess or gamble? Mm-hmm. You build it out that way, you have success. And then if you have a ton of success doing that, your place becomes the bounce back squad where you come play for us, you thrive. Mm-hmm. We may not pay you. Yeah. Somebody else paid. may pay you. Yeah. Yes. That's where you want to go if you're a player, right? Right. I, I think want to go somewhere I can play I, at a high level, get, get paid. I think that's kind of a Miami Heat type deal when it comes to basketball. People go to Miami in a way to rebuild their career because people talk about Heat culture and mm-hmm. how they develop their players and all of that other stuff. So you play your best in Miami. And then you go and get paid elsewhere. And it's a business arrangement where everyone, all parties understand exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for us on a one-year rental to have the best team that we can have. It's an opportunity for you to play the best that you can play. And then at the end of the day, either we will pay you or someone else is willing to pay big money for your performance that you did while you're with us. This is the reason why I bring this up and tie it back to football because we got the trade deadline coming up. And one of the things I think you can kind of look at the giant situation as they've been able to identify guys and say, okay, we believe in the talent. Maybe they're a little bit misused. You know, if you're, if you're a mm-hmm. pitcher, maybe it's their, their, their sequencing, how they sequence their pitches. Maybe, you know, if he would just use a slider more than he's doing there, we can, we will, we will help him with how to incorporate his weapons. And I think about football, like the Jags, you tell me about this guy. Like I'm intrigued by a guy like Caleb Von chase on a first round pick for the Jags, mm-hmm. highly athletic coming out of LSU. I don't think he's a great fit for for what they're doing right. there. Hasn't been successful. Um, is that somebody that another team can say, you know what? But what he does really well, you know, he can run, and we can free him up from responsibility. We can get him um, detached and let him just kind of chase and hunt, and we can get more out of that player than maybe his team that has him right now. Let's identify him. I, I could just see like some of these first round picks over the last couple of years. Um, Jalen Rager hasn't been a you know hasn't been no. a big hit for the Philadelphia Eagles like. Does some team identify him and say, okay, well, we can cast him in a role where maybe we think he'd be more comfortable and maybe we get more out of him because you get picked in the first round because you have ability. Nobody gets picked in the first round that has no talent. These guys do have ability. It just, for whatever reason, hasn't worked out. Yeah, so uh, this is funny. And I, I'm so excited and, and privileged because I played for both of these people. So Al Davis and Ron Wolf. I learned a ton about personnel and player acquisition and development having played for the Raiders and the Packers, but I did it in reverse order because I played for the Packers. So I would always hear Ron Wolf tell Al Davis stories, mm-hmm. right? So one thing that Al Davis and the Raiders have always done, if you go back and look at the history, particularly when Mr. Davis was alive, they always kicked the can on first round picks. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Davis would always talk about when someone is drafted in the first round, they have a, a level talent. Mm-hmm. Our job is to see if a chain of scenery or a new scheme or a new voice in his ear can maximize that talent. 
Ron Wolf did the same thing with the Green Bay Packers. And we've all been around executives that kind of took a similar philosophy when mm-hmm. it came to that. Hey, when you're drafting in the first round, typically, DJ, you get three bites at the apple, right? It's the first bite where you get drafted. It's the second opportunity where someone gives you an opportunity to redeem yourself. And it's the third by the scout yeah. that was in love with you. That's yeah. like, those guys didn't know. I'm going to yeah. give them one more shot. Yeah. And so it is really about, and we talk about this, the most important part in trying to make sure that a guy flourishes at the next level is how do they fit into the scheme and environment that they're being brought into. And some guys, you get them, and it's just not a right fit. So when you talk about Caleb on Chasen, mm-hmm. Caleb on Chasen was a guy who needs to come off the edge and use his athleticism. He's not a traditional linebacker. He's not that. He has to be a go, go, go hunt guy. And he has to have a move or two where he can get to the quarterback. But the athleticism is certainly there. We saw it at LSU. He's a former high school basketball athlete and player. There's some stuff there. But maybe in a different situation, maybe you can max out his talent where you can see some of the production from him that you would expect from a first-round pick. How about a guy like Leonard Fournette? I hate to keep going back to the Jags here, but Leonard Fournette. Hey, DJ. They couldn't couldn't trade him, just cut him loose. He was, dude. He was the he was the top five pick for a reason. Four. Like, There's a, a lot of ability there. Four. Yeah. And so here's the thing, and here's what's so so funny about the Fournette deal, right? So you can either look at things a couple of different ways, half empty or half full when it comes to the glass. Mm-hmm. What can he do, or what can he do? And so there was always a lot of conversation in Jacksonville about well, Leonard Fournette is not an integral part of the passing game, and running backs have to be a big part of the passing game. They have to be able to make plays or whatever. Last night, we saw Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. make his impact as a receiver. Where Leonard Fournette is not an Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey guy, he's a check down option. You can screen him. Yeah. Derrick Henry yep. is not a route You runner. can screen him. You, you can, can swing him. him. You can yep. get him. And so, what we're seeing in a different environment, different coaching staff, they're using playoff Lenny in a different way. And now, the Fournette that I'm seeing in Tampa Bay is the one that I was like, Oh, at LSU, absolutely. He's yeah, absolutely like his yeah. stuff. Yeah. He looks like that. And it is amazing how that goes. And some of it is environment and scheme. And some of that is also Bruce Arians may have a hotter poker. He may, have, <laughs> he may, he may, know, how to, he may know how to poke the bear a little bit to get the yeah. performance out of it. But I think as a top evaluator and executive, you also have to understand you got to scout your coaches as well as your players. And you have to make sure that the players that you bring in can respond to the scheme and the coaching that you're going to provide them based on who you have. Mm-hmm. Well, trade deadline's coming up. If I'm a GM right now and you're looking for some help, identify misfits, right? Guys that just don't fit where they are. Identify teams that are struggling because you might be able to get you know pennies uh, on the dollar. Desperation. And then I think you identify the, the, the talent, right? Just who are the guys that were high, viewed at one point in time as high-end talents? How can we get it out of them? So – I think you're going to see it. We're going to see some trade that gets done before the deadline that'll be mm-hmm. it'll be a key addition to a team that goes on to have a lot of success in the postseason. I guarantee it. Yeah, I guarantee it. It's, it's a couple of different things because it coincides with the trade deadline. Because after the trade deadline, where you talk about the the player acquisition, where you get that that marquee player who's either devalued, underappreciated, misused, that happens at the trade deadline. Two to three weeks after that, DJ, the next step to happen is you now find the veteran player who can help you get down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Meaning there is always a thing, and I'll go back to Ron Wood, always sign a key veteran who might be on the streets, 
who hasn't played a ton, who might not have played at all this year, but someone who has experience playing in those big games in the postseason that can kind of get you going. And I'm mm-hmm. saying this, I'm saying, just keep your eye on Larry Fitzgerald, right? Just keep your eye on a player like a Larry Fitzgerald yeah. who we know it might not take him long to get ready to play, mm-hmm. but maybe if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, maybe I'm checking in and being like, Larry, might want to just kind of run around a little bit because if we have a situation with A.J. Green or DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. and it's a four-game run then the playoffs, maybe that's an impelling mm-hmm. opportunity for you to chase a ring as opposed to, hey, that 17-game grind is long. Yeah. But if I can get ready in a month for the postseason run, mm, and there's yeah. some other players that are out there that offer that kind of, I can get you, I can get you to chase it. Wow, you dropped a little breadcrumbs there. You dropped a little breadcrumbs there. Just a thought. I mean, because if I'm like if it's Gerald, you know what I am? Because I'm in town. I'm looking at the Cardinals. I'm like, oh, now they want to be seven and all. Yeah, yeah, really. They want to look like it. Now they want to look like a Super Bowl team. I might text Steve kind of be like, what's up? Yeah. I was like, I think, I think Mattingly didn't Mattingly kind of leave the Yankees right before they went on all their postseason runs. You know, like really, he stunk the whole time I was here. And now, and now, now you, now you want to go on an epic run for a decade yeah. where you're yeah. like five World Series, and here I am trying to, yeah, tiny baseball, yeah, yeah, brutal. Um, all right, well, let's get out of here. This has been fun today. Again, thanks to Jim Nagy, our buddy, for joining us. Appreciate you guys hanging with us. Uh, we'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether you are a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.